Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 8, Episode 10, titled The Letter L. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one sapphic co-host <laughs> from the podcast. Pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I love that beer. To Mr. <laughs> Taylor, the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor. Hey, Joey B. How you be? What is... I'd be good. What is... What, <laughs> you, what is, must, what is you must be behind on Pod as my co-pilot, because we talked about you this week, and and I was asked of my co-host that I refer to you as Joey B. at least once. Oh, well, you know, I do, you know people do this with Afterthought stuff, and I do it with... Pod as my co-pilot is one of these shows that I'll build up like eight, and then I listen to all eight. And I'll yeah. be honest with you, I'll probably run out because you know I'm in this extended stay hotel for reasons that if you want to know, go to patreon.com slash afterthought media. But mm-hmm. I'm under house arrest. But it but <laughs> <laughs> but um I actually don't have a lot like I now have so much free time on my hands after today, especially, that I'll probably be listening to it and I'm done with this Fakakta Tears of the Kingdom. That I'll have all this free time on my hands, so I'll probably be all caught up on part of my co-pilot very, very soon. By the way, before we get into this, I'm not gonna patreon.com, go. Go there, support. I gotta tell you something. This is I mean, thank God it happened on this episode. Yeah. But I'm gonna be going without a script today. I'm making up a script, you know. I have my mm-hmm. notes give a vague idea, and it's always the same format and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but I got this outline today. You know what? Let me let me let me check on my phone. I got this. Well, okay, so what the way it happens is producer Luke Stamen will share a document with me, okay, mm-hmm. and it will be the outline. Then I take that outline, I turn that into a script. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he finishes it sometime about midday my time usually. So again, midday my time, I get an email from him, and it says, "Just so you know, the outline is ready." And I was like, "Okay." And then I waited a while, and then I go, "Okay, where is it?" And that was Taylor three hours ago. <laughs> I've I don't know where this outline is. I don't I I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but I have a suspicion of something but anyway but you know what luckily on this episode duh, duh, i could think i can wing it mm-hmm. let me see let me see i'm gonna try i'm gonna have to go slowly mm-hmm. but i think i can do it all right this week the girls perform in a mini, mini challenge where they have to do their best jean paul gautier inspired look for this week's maxi challenge 
Uh, the girls have to make over some lesbians. <laughs> In the end, Jimbo with no, not Jimbo. Candy Muse was named the top all star of the week, leaving Jimbo and Jessica Wilde in the bottom two. Uh, for this week's lip sync assassin, it's Canada's Drag Race winner Priyanka, who went head to head in a lip sync battle for their legacy against Candy Muse. Priyanka was named the winner, and after a tie vote, the decision went back to Candy Muse, who revealed that she had chosen for Jessica Wilde to be sent home, leaving her and Jimbo in the bot in the I'm sorry, in the final two. Tales of Latte Boy, give me your thoughts on the lip sync. And uh, did the right person go home? Well, we want to welcome new listeners to Afterthought. And this is just a taste of the fine audio content you can get. <laughs> yeah, it, you know what's so funny is it. it just, I know, but that, but you know, that is the most, that is the most scripty part of this episode. I think. Right. That is the most right. scripty part of this episode. I think everything else, I can, I think I can wing every other part of this. Episode. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um. Okay. So, what was my question? Did the right person win the lip sync? Yeah. What did you think of the lip sync? And did the right person go home? Well, I think that the lip sync was clearly won by Priyanka. Yeah. I, Candy Muse, I will give her props for her performance for the Maxi Challenge this, this episode, but she is just not a great lip syncer. She is just somebody that if I just open my mouth as loud as I can, then I, that, that I think that that makes me look like a drag queen. And whereas Priyanka, Priyanka gave you know, variations in her performance. There were, there were, there was highs, there was lows, there was dancing. There was just, it was just so much better. So yes, I definitely think Priyanka won the lip sync. Um, did the right person go home? I'm surprised that anybody went home. The fact that they're going to actually just have a top two is odd to me. Um, but I guess story wine, story line wise, it makes sense that, Jessica would be the one to go home, unfortunately. You know, it, there's a lot of weird things happening in this episode. I was talking to someone today who they made a really good point is they usually do this makeover episode when there's like five or six queens. Yeah. Like it's very odd to see it with just three queens making over three lesbians. And so, um, or usually like a top four. Like, I don't know. There's some, there is something disconcerting about only three of them. Yeah. Um, going back to what you said about Candy not being a good lip syncer, I agree with you, but there is this sort of idea in the Reddit community, which is the least trustworthy community of all time, that she is a good lip syncer. And I don't know where that comes from. Uh, I don't really know. I think that you have people that just like her because they look at her as the underdog because there's so much candy muse hate um in the in the community so you've got these people that no matter what she does that they will be there for her, whether they think that it is you know just because she is a fighter or because she is a person of color or because of her size or whatever it is that maybe they feel like they have to defend her no matter what and then that is one of those where she can do no wrong we all have those queens that anytime they perform you're excited and that you just have that where, like, everything they did, did is just amazing. Actually, though, now that I say that, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that would be mine. But that may be where this comes from, is that you're seeing people on Reddit that are just, that they are going to be Team Candy no matter what. 
So yeah, pre- and all, well, also if anything, I feel like the, the energy she was giving for that lip sync. I don't, I don't think she was a bad. She, I don't think she was bad at the lip sync. I just think Priyanka clearly beat her. Yeah. Okay. And but the energy she was giving was a weird energy in that I think Pri- Priyanka. One of the reasons she was so good was she chose the right. Their energy, the way she did the lip sync, matched the song. Candy was trying to do a. It was a hodgepodge of like high kicks and sultry, and I yeah. don't know that this song was a sultry song. And I think that was sort of my thing. Where like it, again, it wasn't bad. She was fine, right? Priyanka was just very good, and so was clearly the winner. Did the right person go home? I mean, if you're if you're really if you're if we're gonna go based on that, Candy won, and. You have to choose between Jimbo and Jessica. I mean, unfortunately, even though I would have preferred a finale with Jessica and Jimbo, yeah. In this case, I'm going to have to say, yeah, the right person went home. I mean, I don't think Jimbo should have gone home. So, yeah, that would have been that would have been a gag if after this whole season of we have an alliance and we're watching each other and I don't know if I can trust her and all of that sort of stuff to have that where she would have had Jimbo's lipstick. That would have that would have made the whole episode worth it. Well, I will say, I will say, well, this is a question for Robert. I wonder if they've ever had a tie before in the cast vote. Have they? Do you know? Yes, they oh, did. they have. Um, Alexis Michelle was the lip sync assassin because she initially read one name and then she went, but hold on, Rue, it's a tie. And she pulled out the other lip sync. Lipstick. I don't remember okay. who was up for elimination. I, and that Robert might remember that, but it has happened one time before. And did it go to the other person to name the person, or did RuPaul yes. do it? Yes, oh, because okay. they thought that they did wouldn't have to vote, and then they found out they had to vote, and they were pissed. Let me let me look that up while you're talking. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, then I get. I was gonna say. I wonder if they were able to manipulate it so that it whoever Candy voted for, they could adjust who's right it was but if that if that if that's the rule that's the rule i guess they were i i find it surprising that they were willing to let candy control the show like that because if it would have been if they would have sent jimbo home and it was a candy jessica finale i think they would have been pissed off anyway all right well after alexis's elimination the girls go back to the workroom and Jimbo removes the lipstick from the mirror. The girls look at the box uh, where it was unanimous for Alexis to go home and then they de-drag. Did anything else really happen in that opening part? Well, I guess the thing that sort of bothered me was that they were talking about, well, why did you pick Alexis? And I believe it was Jimbo said, well, track record. Well, the track record was everybody has one win. But of course, Alexis was in the bottom more, so maybe that's what she meant by that. Somebody brought up, uh, I think it was Candy said that she voted for Alexis because Alexis lied to Lala Ree or something. Yeah, that, that yes, she did. Which was funny because it was lying to Lala Ree to save Candy. No, and that thought went through my head too, is the fact that she she voted for somebody after after Candy got saved, that, yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. I also wonder, Jimbo's been kind of reluctant to talk about this elimination, so... 
So then the next day, the girls come into the workroom and then RuPaul enters to announce this week's first mini challenge in a long time. It's a um, Jean-Paul Gaultier uh, bottle transformation where they have to transform. They have to make a look, design a look in a very quick, like very quickly that uh, evokes the idea of Jean-Paul Gaultier. Mm-hmm. Did you have any thoughts on this mini challenge, Taylor? Um, I thought it was interesting that they, well, first of all, I mean, Jean-Paul, the, that bottle has been around for decades at this point. This is that um, blue, the men's one or a female? The, the one? men's one, the men's one. So I thought it was an odd, like, okay. And the fact that it was all about Jean-Paul Gaultier, but they didn't really explain who Jean-Paul Gaultier is. They didn't show any pictures of any of his amazing fashions. And I mean, you know, he he was famous in the 90s for designing all of Madonna's outfits for her tours. So the fact that they... Is he still alive? Yeah. Oh. I believe so. Yeah, he is. He's 71. So, oh. Um, so, so it's just the fact that nothing was really talked about as far as that goes was odd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found it interesting that they showed where they had... They said they had 45 minutes. So all the girls did the quick drag and then they designed these outfits which i don't think for a second that it took them for only 45 minutes to do all that stuff but then they showed all of them with like no makeup on so they filmed this and then gave them all time to like de-drag and take all the makeup off their face and everything especially oh, be- when they when they did the you're talking about when they did the the when they brought in the when they did the maxi challenge announcement yeah when they announced the girls so it almost made me think like did they just sort of announce who was going to win before the girls did that? It was just a very, like, it's one of those that I noticed and thought, well, that's odd. Specifically because a lot of other times when they do those quick drag challenges, afterwards they have them all stand there, you know, looking like fools, all standing in a, in a right line with their, you know, hooker makeup on. So I I just, that that took me by surprise. Yeah. I never noticed it. I wonder if it's one of those things where, that was the morning, and they did a lunch, and then they came back and did the maxi challenge. Or another way they could have done it, they just could have announced the maxi challenge first. Not first, but like done the maxi challenge, and then brought the girls in, then the, then the lesbians leave, and then they do this mini challenge, and then there's lunch. Who knows, right? But that's a good catch. I never thought of that. Jean-Paul Gaultier, I love the scent of that, but there's, I would never wear it. I would never buy it, and there's a reason. But what is – I'll tell you that in a second. But what is your relationship – do you have a relationship with the John Paul, the Jean Paul Gaultier fragrance? My dad used to wear it. <gasps> My dad used to wear it in the nineties. So that is what when I, and now when I see the bottle, it reminds me of my dad because it is such a distinct bottle that he's never changed that frosted blue glass with yeah. the stripes across the front of it. So and it's a men's torso, right? Yeah, it's a it's a man's torso that I remember. I remember because I remember once I was in my dad's bathroom when I was home for a holiday and saw it and thought like, "That's gay cologne. Why does he have gay cologne?" <laughs> just because Jean Paul Gaultier was so like you know Madonna and everything was just very sexual and very in your mm-hmm. face and so. But um, so yeah, anytime I see the bottle, it reminds me of my dad. I couldn't tell you what it smells like. I feel like it's a very light, like a citrusy smell, but I don't know that for sure. I can't. I, I don't have the vocabulary, the scent vocabulary to give that. But what I will say is, and I wonder if you have a story like this too. But I have a lot of stories like this, where I was in love with this person in college. Right? Mm-hmm. 
in love. Mm-hmm. Taylor, in mm-hmm. love with him. I mean, the stories I have about my love for this straight guy and the way he fucking cocktees me are so tragic. They're so mm-hmm. they're t- tragic. And now, years later, he is such a fucking greasy slime ball mm-hmm. that I am like, I cannot believe I was in love with this man. The way my heart was sick over him, right? Like, literally, he might be mm-hmm. my first, like, real, real, real heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And he fucking drowned himself in this Jean-Paul Gaultier. You know, they say this sometimes where, like, you could smell the person walk in the room before they do. Mm-hmm. He was definitely one of the people. Like, he put so much on. Like, he'd be walking up. The, we worked together. He would be walking up the stairs. I would smell him when he was 30 feet down the hallway. Yeah. And I think I, that I will always associate that scent with him. Is there anybody, though, that you had it big in the pants for like that where you're like, what was I thinking? Christian Dior Fahrenheit Cologne. It is, I, I just looked it up to make sure that it was Christian Dior. I'm looking at the website now. It had, it had notes of mandarin, violet, and leather. And my best friend in high school, who I was secretly, well, not so secretly in love with because I was a crazy psycho, used to wear that. And you don't really see them selling it anymore. However, they do sell Christian Dior perfumes and colognes at the France uh, pavilion at Epcot. So anytime we go in there, I grab the bottle and I just like, it's like poppers. I basically jam the thing up my nose and it immediately. Oh, so you want that smell? Oh, that smell is, it is amazing. It's a very heavy smell though. So it's definitely would be a smell that you would wear in the winter time. Okay. What? Who knows as much about freight? What are you talking about? There's certain scents you wear in the winter time, in the summertime. In oh the yeah. Spring. You wear, you wear lighter scents in the summer and then you wear heavier scents in the winter because it's, because the, you don't want something that's like weighing you down and cloying in the summer because then it just it it doesn't feel good whereas you wear something that's like citrusy or floral in the summertime unless you live in florida where you could wear whatever you want all year long but it's too hot here to wear something like to 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 wear a cologne like this but our listeners of a certain age may remember this but it's it's called fahrenheit and it's a bottle that is it looks sort of like an amber bottle that goes into dark um like a dark red up at the top and i absolutely like okay i'm like blushing now thinking about it it is wow. it is yeah i i might need to order some fahrenheit tonight oh my god <laughs> jesus christ i didn't I'll know just I... get a, and i'll just that'll be my poppers <laughs> i'll just like you know occasionally smell it just be like okay i'm in the mood now let's go but did you ever have a thing with a straight guy where he fucking teased you like that and stuff like that um, I'd like to say my best friend from high school, but he eventually ended up gay and we had a, we had sex. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know. I don't, not, no, not really. Not really. I tended to like everybody. I, I worked in the mall all through high school and then I worked at a place where it was all gay guys. So I've never really worked with anybody that was straight oh. and that would do the cock tease thing to me. My whole college sex life was, just, which I am not saying this as a weird brag. I actually, I regret this and it just all it always led to pain and heartache mm-hmm. was just hooking up with straight guys let me if, if any young queers are listening to this let me tell you something don't fall in love with a straight guy <laughs> it will always lead to pain 
Anyway, uh, yeah, it may seem appealing and seem hot, and it is in the moment, but like it, you're, it's never good. Yeah, this guy though was actually in. It wasn't just like a lust; it was a combination of lust and like literally in love with him. And he, he was very attractive, very mm-hmm. handsome, and he loved the attention. And so he, we never hooked up, but boy, did that boy push the line. Mm-hmm. Like he would ask me to give him massages and he would get on his stomach and he'd want me to like, you know, get on his back and give him a massage. I remember one time where we were like literally cuddling in bed. So then we chose to live together because he was like, I want you to be the first, I want you to be the first thing I see in the morning. And like oh. one time at a party, like he said, come here and came in the bathroom. And be like, And he whipped out his huge dick and he wanted me to, he wanted me as a gay man to judge his dick. And then, like, mm. I wouldn't say we had a threesome, but there was, like, a threesome cuddling event. It was this queen. I mean, not a queen. completely straight. 100% straight. Trust me I, I, when I tell you this. But, like, he just loved to be worshipped, you know? And, this isn't um, the guy, is it? God, college, college is a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, college is definitely a thing. College is absolutely a thing. Okay, so why don't we do this? So everyone listening, it's going to be a hard break. I'm not going to even try and edit this in a, in a suave way. Uh, we had a very intimate talk right now that only made it on Patreon. So if you're listening on the public feed, go to the public feed. I'm going to go to Patreon, subscribe to hear this story. But why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the episode. back i gotta tell you guys something taylor just accused me of being on drugs <laughs> i did not accuse you i inquired if you were on drugs right now <laughs> so you know in this extended stay apartment like it's just a really nice setup and like the i'm doing this like not in darkness there's a light on but it's a very like you know when you see a tv show about them doing podcasts and like a mood light on Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like right now. It feels like so. I think that maybe that's sort of inspiring. It, yeah. So it's very um. And I don't know if people will get this reference, but it's very like pump up the volume. Where mm-hmm. Christian Slater was sitting at his desk and he just had the one little desk light on, but he was in the dark bedroom yes. and was sort of talking, smoking a cigarette, and yeah, just kind of rambling on about all sorts of stuff. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Anyway, so let's actually get back to the show. All right. So it now. <laughs> We, they do the mini challenge. I have no thoughts. I what's funny is I did. I don't know anything about shit, but I was looked at Jessica <laughs> Wilde. I'm like, that one actually looked pretty good. Yes, she she should have won. That was the best of the. She three. did win, didn't she? Yes, she did. Oh, okay, yeah. And then they announced the the maxi challenge where they bring in three lesbians. Mm-hmm. I don't be. I don't know. Like, okay, I know one of them was Amanda Faye. I don't know what mm-hmm. her drag name was, but I like Amanda Faye better. Not better. I mean, like the name to say better. Then right. we have Cookie Muse. What was the other one's name? Well, there was Sissy Delicious. No, that was Amanda Faye. That I was Amanda Faye. Name. Yeah. So, and then Cookie Muse and Kitty Wild. Kitty Wild. Okay. Yes. Because they kept she kept making her do the meow thing with, yeah, the, that's with right. the clock. Kitty Kitty Wild. Okay. Yes. So um, they bring them in and. 
Amanda Faye is like literally just your standard issue stocky lesbian Mexican lady, right? But we'll come back to her. I have a lot to say about Amanda Faye. Okay. Then you have whatever Cookie Muse's real name was, who is a very, very butch lesbian. Yes. And then you have um, Kitty Wild, who's to me actually in between. She's butch-ish, butch light, maybe, but uh, another lesbian woman of some race, ethnicity, I don't know. Because a Mexican lady, a white lady, and then question mark. I don't know. Something, I got Asian maybe? Yeah, I got Filipino. Filipino. That was, yeah. All right, so then the challenge is that they make them over. Mm -hmm. Now, I have some thoughts here. I have notes here. Oh, I have my phone on the paper here. I have my drugs on top of the paper. (laughs) First of all, I want it to be known. I absolutely, the first thing I wrote here on this, I love every single one of these lesbians. I love them. Yeah. I love every single one. I don't know what your thoughts were, but I loved every single one. They were great. They were they were great contestants. I was worried that Amanda Faye was going to actually I was worried more that Kitty Wilde was going to be the one that didn't want to wear heels and didn't want to mm-hmm. do this and didn't because she was very, very shy and introverted. But I thought that they they all were game for whatever whatever the queens wanted to do with them. Well, we'll come back to this, but I think Kitty I think Kitty Wilde didn't wear heels. No, she wore like, like a boot. She wore like a chunky boot. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not really much that goes on in the workroom. The one I had a couple of questions though is so they're all there's a there's a moment in so let me see if I can, let me see if I can do this. In the workroom, the girls get to work trying to match the styles with their partners. Mm-hmm. Candy has pre-made dresses. Jim, uh, Amanda doesn't want to be a clown, and Kitty doesn't want to wear heels. I want to get to the candy thing here. How did she already have pre-made dresses? They, uh, from what I understand, is that a lot, the the girls know that there will be a makeover challenge at some point. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them bring matching dresses with where it's something that can be altered if necessary um, so that that way they are prepared for that. So that's, I'm positive that's what she did. Is at that point where she already had the dresses made. Well, how interesting that worked out. Now, the part I didn't get, and I don't know how to say this, because I, I get what the show was doing. They didn't do anything wrong. That's how they do it. It's how they've always done it. But I'd probably, I mean, they've had their thumb on the scale so much this fucking season that why couldn't they put their thumb on the scale enough to at least, so like, poor Amanda Faye had to keep saying, like, that won't fit me, that won't fit me, that won't fit me, that won't fit me. Right. Like, maybe, like, Cookie and Amanda should have been switched. I actually at one point thought that. Because if you're going for a sisterly look, that would have made more sense. Because both um, both Amanda and Candy are sturdy gals. And you've also got where... Um, uh, Cookie and Jimbo are very tall and, you know, have kind of the same square, like a very, like a square jawline and that sort of stuff. And then Jessica and Kitty, that that one made sense to me. Like when they were going down the line, I thought, oh, well, they're putting them in the order of them. St-. No, they weren't standing in the same order. But I'm like, that's the way that should be. Um, if you're going for the sisterly 
you know, they always talk about, you know, when girls look a lot alike each other, then that that always seems to, to score in, in the girls' favors. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Because that did seem a little, you know, uh, it, I felt bad for Amanda because she had to go on TV and just say, yeah, none of these dresses are going to fit me. But I will say, I, I don't know what it was. I can't explain it. I can't articulate it. I loved Amanda Faye. Why did I like her so much, Taylor? Tell me. I don't know. I don't know. I actually liked um, Cookie the best. Oh, Cookie was great, too. Yeah. Cookie was great, too. I liked them all, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. But I think I think I first saw Amanda, I'm like, I'm not going to like this fucking bitch. She called herself Amanda. Yeah. But then there was something, there was just an energy about her that I found very pleasing. I really liked her energy. And same thing with Cookie. I'll be honest with you. I also thought, like, oh, this bitch, right? Yeah. And then... I actually really, really, really liked her. Okay, do you have any other thoughts on the workroom? Just the workroom, not the table visits, just the workroom. No, no, I think I've said everything I need to say about that. Okay, moving on. RuPaul entered the room, uh, or entered the workroom for some table visits. Uh, RuPaul asked questions about Candy's mom. Um, RuPaul says we celebrate fat women here. And then Jimbo gives Amanda, <laughs> Amanda Faye a high five. All right. Uh, these are all based on my notes because I have no outline. Everyone, I'm not everyone. Everyone, weigh in here. No, Taylor, your thoughts <laughs> on the table visit? Um, again, the table visits are very standard. They're very cookie cutter to what we've seen in the past. I agree with you when she said we celebrate all body shapes here. I'm thinking, no, you don't. But th- I thought sort of the same thing. What are you talking about? The, on the U.S. version, have they ever, has a big girl ever won? No. No, a big girl has never won. They've come close a couple of times. Because the big girls won in the UK, right? Because there was that. Uh, well, the um, Lawrence Cheney yeah. is a big girl, and Danny Beard considers yeah. herself themselves to be a um, a big girl. So yeah, 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 yeah. They're pretty big, but like, yeah, but they, but for the most part, they they haven't really had. A, in fact, the Darian Lake they booted her right away. Right. Who else is a big girl? Well, I mean, Candy's still there. Yeah, but... I mean, yeah. They're not good at big girls. I don't know what they... We love all shapes and sizes here. Like, no, you don't. What are you talking about? So during the table visit, Candy is there with Cookie, and they're talking, right? And Candy's like, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I really get along. She's a butch lesbian, and I really get along with her because my mom's a butch lesbian. And RuPaul's, she is? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. Well, that's perfect. You know, whatever. Right. And I'm like, was it Candy in the final in the finals for her season? Yeah. But did they talk to Candy's mom at the I got to look that up. She doesn't remember Candy's name, let alone that they saw Candy's mom. I know. But I was just like, I mean, like, you can at least maybe a producer should have told her like, yeah, you talked to the mom at season 13's finale. And she's like, oh, okay. And she probably forgot that fast. <laughs> but I don't know if she did or not. I'm just making that up. I, I could, I could, and I'm telling you, Robert and the rest. Of, oh, you know, Robert has already corrected me. La- I have to apologize to the audience. So last week, I was like, Lori and I were analyzing this joke about Escondalo, right? Where mm-hmm. and Alexis Michelle says the real Escondalo would be if you actually won this season. And Lori and I were like. What what is is Jessica known for playing a scandalo or something like that? So Robert corrected me and said no, that Jessica is not known for saying that, but that RuPaul in her season 
for some reason associated the word escondido with Jessica Wilde <laughs> and would constantly say it. And that Jessica's sort of taken it up since. Yeah. But that's where that came from. But I didn't know that. All right. Any other thoughts on Table Visits, Taylor? No. No. Okay. So then what happens is RuPaul, this RuPaul says, oh, and one more thing. She, they add that stupid lip sync. They always do this in the makeovers now where they have to make them lip sync, right? For yeah. no apparent reason. She goes, you're going to have to lip sync. And then Jimbo, like, goes, we've got this. And high fives Amanda Faye. And I'm like, oh, does Amanda Faye know he's a horrible lip syncer? <laughs> and then he goes onto the main stage for, like, their weird choreography session that went nowhere. And he's like, you got to do this. And I'm like, she has no idea she should be doing the opposite of whatever this queen is saying. Right. Yeah, she she's if hopefully if she saw her lip syncing, she would have gone like, Oh, I'm I'm in trouble, so I have to do something else. Yeah, those are all the notes I have for table visits. Um, I don't know if we really missed anything. I I you know what, guys, I'm gonna say this right now. I'm sure I'll get the outline at some point and I'll look <laughs> it over and I'll rewatch <laughs> the episode. And if there were big points of like, oh yeah, why didn't we talk about this? We're actually gonna talk about run right now in a second. I, we can cover it. That's, that's the beauty of having two shows about this show. You know, uh-huh. anything I missed, I can just do on Rulaska Thoughts. Anyway, it's elimination day and the girls get ready for the runway. The girls have a talk. You know, the oh, the girls get to reveal the makeup to their um, partners and everyone's happy. But there's also a very frank discussion about the use of the word dyke and the use of the word fag and whether it's comfortable Taylor the Latte Boy. So the question is to a lesbian, is it okay for a gay guy to say dyke? And I think they even, they don't really address it, but is it okay for a lesbian to say faggot? What are your thoughts here? I think I agree the most with Jimbo on that, that there has to be intent. If your intent is to joke around with somebody that you are obviously close to, um, I don't think that there is a problem with saying that, but if it is, if you are using it with venom, um, if you're using it to try to degrade or demean somebody, absolutely not. That is not okay to, to say that. Which is weird because when I call Lori a dyke, I have both intentions. <laughs> no, I actually do not call Lori a dyke. I actually stay away from that word. So do uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, it, and it's not even necessarily, oh, like, it's just, it, it's like an ugly word to say. Kind of like, I think I've gotten over it with cunt, but I used to feel the same way about cunt. For some reason, I hate saying cunt, but I like cunty. Well, c- cunt has gotten, I think that cunt has gotten overused, especially for those of us who are big into, like, drag race and and that sort of thing of where, you know, we're serving cunt and we're doing all of that sort of stuff. Um so you you don't necessarily have that. There, I remember a time that if you called somebody a cunt, like everybody in the room gasped because it yeah. was just it was like such a horrible thing to call somebody. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've sort of become desensitized to that word. So what about uh, the use of the word faggot? If a lesbian were to call somebody a faggot, what do you think about that? Well, I think it goes to intent. But hold on, let's call Lori and see if she, let's see if she answers. She won't be able to hear you, but. Maybe she has an answer. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. I have a question for you. 
okay. Is it okay for gay guys to call a lesbian a dyke? Um, I mean, look, I, I think it's a personal thing. I think if, if somebody, if a woman doesn't want you to call them so, like a bitch or a dyke, I think that you have to respect that person. For me personally, I would say that it, context is key. So if somebody's like, oh, you fat dyke, you know, I'm not going to like that. But, uh, you know, if you called me a dyke, I wouldn't be upset. If, if a friend of mine called me a dyke, I wouldn't be upset. So, yeah, no, I'm, I don't find it offensive. By the way, I've been thinking about you. I saw oh. this clip of Dolly Parton. Uh-huh. And she was telling this story about how she uh, wrote the song Two Doors Down. Okay. Okay. Have you seen this clip on the video on air on media? No, I haven't. Yeah, and how the way the way I, I didn't know this song. Do you know this song, Taylor? Two Doors Down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess the the story of the song was she and her bandmates and the crew they used to like to go to Howard Johnson's and have fried oysters after every show. Okay. And she was on some okay. crazy diet where she just drank milkshakes. And so she couldn't, she was in the tour bus and she could hear them all getting together and laughing and drinking and eating the fried oysters. And she was sad that she couldn't do that. And so they were two doors down. That's how the song started. Oh. You, she was on the Kelly Clarkson show. Oh my God. You should have seen this Kelly Clarkson crying. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Kelly Clarkson is not fat. I didn't say she was fat. I just said she was crying. You're the one that took it to fat. Why was she crying? What was the reason? <laughs> Probably because she couldn't have fried oysters. Okay. All right. So you're making it sound like she wants she she's so emotional when it comes to food. I'm cries. just I'm just telling you. Can look up the clip. I told no lies. Dolly's not uh-huh. crying. Dolly's just saying this. Is my brother's song. This Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Tears coming you down her what? face. Does Kelly Clarkson need to wear secret suspenders to keep their, her pants <laughs> up? <laughs> I don't know because they're a secret. But let me tell you something, you fat dyke. Uh, <laughs> How dare you call me fat? <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you go. Thank you for answering the question for us. Okay. Goodbye. Bye, Taylor. Bye. So anyway, so we got the answer from a lesbian there. So fat, you know what's weird is the problem is from a comedy standpoint, comedy – in a comedy standpoint, hard consonants make things funnier. Hard Ks, yes. hard Gs, they're they're funnier. So hard R's. Hard R's, hard R's, <laughs> hard T's and hard F's. Um yeah. so first of all, just faggot used just in the right way, just from a humor standpoint, is very funny. Uh, but I also am a big fan of taking ownership. Of things, and yeah. I do like taking ownership of the word faggot. And often, not lately, I have started taking it to be like silly faggot. You know, dicks are for chicks. But also, mm-hmm. you know, that shirt I saw once in Newport Beach, and there used to be for Robert Mata. There used to be a commercial. I don't know if it's still around where the tricks rabbit would say silly rabbit, or they would say silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids. Mm-hmm. And I saw this T-shirt in Newport Beach that was silly faggot. Dicks are for chicks. Yeah. Anyway, it was the same story, this whole cheesecake on a stick. So, A, I think the word is a fun word to say. And I have a a personal rule that if you can be called the word, you can say the word, right? So, if someone can call me a fat pig, 
I can call someone a fat pig. If I can be called a faggot, then I can use the faggot. Right. And I and I realize people listening, they have a long, they have a hard time with this. I mean, it's this is a very big controversy even in the gay community. I find it empowering to use that word. As do I. Yeah. Um, but I know there are a lot of people, and I understand their point of view, who don't find it empowering but yeah. also i've been called a faggot and it's it's it when somebody calls you that and and it's not another gay person it's extremely upsetting yeah it's not fun it, it's not no that's a <laughs> that's a very nice way of saying that it's not fun no, no it isn't fun at all no i've had it happen what's funny is i the only times that i can remember that i've been called faggot have been times when i wasn't doing anything faggy like i remember i was walking with a straight friend of mine in laguna beach and we were just walking down the street and he's not gay or gay looking and this truck full of teenage boys were like go home faggots which by the way if anyone knows i don't know if it's still like this but the history of laguna beach is very very gay so i don't know what Mm -hmm. they were i don't know what city they were fucking in any other thoughts on the use of the word faggot and dyke you faggot no i think that we i think we've explored that enough Okay, so then after that, we go right into Elimination Day. Uh, well, not Elimination. We go into the looks. The looks were just... Did, what was the category? Did they have an official name? Like No, I think just sister family resemblance. Yeah, drag family resemblance. Uh, any Now, Taylor, you really liked their look. There were only three combined looks. There were six queens, but like three looks. Any favorites? Any standouts? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you wanted to say? I thought Candy's... Candy and Cookie Muse looked the best out of all of them. Um, I did. I, I did just everything about that seemed to be where they, they seemed the most polished out of everybody's looks. Um, I would agree that Jimbo's looks were very plain. And I thought her makeup that she did on Sissy Delicious was not as drag as it could have been. It kind of felt very department store makeup counter to me. Yeah. Um, Is that bad? Yeah, for Drag Race, yes. Oh, okay. I appreciate what Jessica was trying to do with her outfit, but again, she didn't really match the boots the way that the boots could have been matched or the the heels. And they looked great. The outfits looked great initially, but after they moved a lot in them, they almost looked like they were starting to fall apart a little bit, like the big shoulder pads. Like it just felt like they weren't as they weren't as well um, put together as they could have been. All right. Well, they, I have you know. I have pr- Look, here are my thoughts. I thought actually everyone looked pretty good, and I feel it was a stretch during the um, the um, critiques when they were saying things. I mean, there is a weird thing with Kitty Wilde's boot. I thought that was really strange, and I, I'm, but that's but this okay. Well, let's actually go. So then, what happens? Then they go to the lip sync, which was actually for the most part pretty fun. I actually had fun watching that lip sync. I usually yeah. hate them, but that one was actually kind of fun and and like I said, I really liked the lesbians on this episode. There was no there was no I killed Judy Garland or the white <laughs> guy that was aggressive, you know. It was yeah. all just like really fun people. Yeah. And I just really really liked them. So I think that made the lip sync fun. They were willing to have fun. And so it was a nice little moment. I actually really liked it. But then we go to the to critiques. And this is where the thing with the critiques drove me crazy because, and it was a weird thing. And it was like, how are you critiquing these other drag queens for the faults of the people they were paired with? So with uh, Jessica Wilde, they're like, oh, you look great except for those boots. Well, bitch, you don't think Jessica wanted to put her in heels? This this chick clearly was like, I'm only going to wear these boots. But that's a standard. They do that every, there's always something where, 
you know, well, your outfit that you gave to this person to wear, I remember there was one a while back where they put her in an outfit where like, that looks like something you could buy at the mall. But the, the, the sister that she was paired with was, was a very large woman and Mm -hmm. she didn't have anything that she could put her in. And when they talked about it, she goes, well, you could have made her something. Yeah. I could have made her something. And then the same thing with Jimbo's where it was, yeah, something like that where, they, where it was like, well, it was actually very similar to that. It was like, we don't like this outfit you chose for him. Like, yeah, she couldn't fit into anything. And it's not the woman's fault. It's like, that was just the reality. Why are you judging Jimbo? Because they are looking, they are, it's, it's all about the narrative. For all we know, they could have said something negative about Candy and her outfit, but they're not going to show that because they want you to believe that Candy is the winner. Even though I did believe Candy was the winner. Yeah, I did too, actually. They need to give you a reason why Jimbo and Jessica are in the bottom. Even though there can only be one winner, but this episode, they have to expl- They have to spoon feed you, oh, well, they screwed up because the outfit was too plain and the, bo- the it was a boot instead of a heel. So therefore, clearly, that's... That's why they're going in the they're going in the bottom. Well, but here's the deal. Here here's the problem we run into is I agree with you that Candy clearly was the winner. I agree with that 100%. But then there's this thing where it's like, well, she also had this sort of like a better palette to work with, we'll say. She was tall, she was pretty, she was young, and you're like, okay, well, it's a little bit of an easier palette to work with. But then, but this does lead to my favorite thing in the show. So I, I pulled the clip, but I'm going to paraphrase. During the table visits, RuPaul is having a conversation with Cookie, Cookie Muse. Mm-hmm. And she talks about this use of the word beauty and blah, 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 blah. And Cookie talks about her difficult relationship with us. But, and, then, and then Michelle goes. So here you're going to hear the conversation with RuPaul. Then you hear a beep, and then the comment, what what Michelle says on the runway. Here we go. Okay. I think a lot of butch women are scared to show that because we're just afraid that someone might say, oh, but you look so beautiful that way. And then you feel like, oh, well, Mm. don't I look beautiful or handsome this way? Candy, this makeover is so fun. She looks so beautiful. (laughs) These fucking assholes. (laughs) <laughs> she, <laughs> she's like I, I don't like when i'm told i'm beautiful and what can then you're saying i'm not the, the other way and i know michelle I, I don't think michelle had an ill attention but it is no. funny they weren't more careful with that and that was the, the language they well, used. well okay but she right but she did also say i don't like it when people would say things like you look but you look beautiful that way there was no but and it was just mm-hmm. a statement of this vision in front of me whom i've never seen outside of drag yes i know but i can see i can see where you can you put the two things together and it does make for a funny um a funny moment yeah okay so uh back on the main stage uh candy muse is named the top all-star of the week and this forces her to go ahead to lip sync battle against a mystery lip sync assassin they pull the curtain up they don't know who it is that lip sync assassin is priyanka from, is she from season one, I take it? That season one of Canada? Yeah, she's the first winner of Canada, um, Canada's Drag Race. First winner of Canada's Drag Race. She comes out to go against Candy Muse in a lip sync battle for their legacies. The song, I believe, was Jumpin' Jumpin'? Jumpin' Jumpin'. By Destiny's Child. In the end, 
Priyanka was named the winner of the lip sync. And the, she won the right to pull the lipstick of the girl that the cast had chosen. But in a surprising twist, <laughs> there was a tie. And because of that tie, the onus of sending a girl home went back to Candy Muse, who pulled out her own lipstick and revealed that she had chosen to send home yes. Jessica Wilde. Tale of the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Um, I thought initially, we've joked about the whole Rue gasping for every time somebody gets somebody gets uh, sent home. And initially, I thought, like, she's got to be kidding right now with the big shocker <laughs> sort of thing. But then then she kind of jokingly played into it so that it was it was funnier then. But then when she had already explained the rules to can't to everybody as far as if there's a tie, then the winner has to come back up. And I feel like Candy was like thinking, like, what? I have to be the one like wh- where that just that felt so disingenuine at that point that it just it it irked me a little bit. That's all. This show's a mess. This show is a mess. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying, I mean, let me look at my notes here. I don't think I missed any notes. I think I, I said it and everything. Um, all right. Look, here's a deal. Here, are you watching any? And before we go, we might as well ask. Are you watching any of these other drag shows? What the other uh, the franchise with the other worldly ones? Oh yeah, like Drag Race Mexico, Drag Race France, Drag Race Papua New Guinea. Any of these shows? <laughs> no, I'm not watching any of those. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Well, no, what I said before I say that is one of the things I didn't like, well, I haven't watched the most recent episode of Mexico yet, but from what I've seen is they don't really have a storyline. So the shows often feel like just like a, a drag project one way, right away. Okay. And that's what this show has sort of felt like now, now that they've really run out of storylines is it just feels like a drag project runway and which doesn't make for an interesting show to or an easy show to recap. Look, I did a fucking 10-minute thing about a guy I went to college with who smelled like Jean-Paul Gaultier cologne. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 8. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also watch video versions of the show and more over at youtube.com slash dragracerecap. This podcast was produced by Luke Stamen. Taylor the Latte Boy has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Co-Pilot, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Taylor on Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and TikTok at Joe Batance. Special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Alex S. Anonymous. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Carter McKinnon. Corinna Williamson. Doofus Maximus. E. Smith. Elizabeth Timmer. Emma. 
Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Kathy Zender, Lauren Eckert, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Mike Yeager, Nikki Baker, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Robert NYC, Robin Eganberger, Runner Brandon, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travi Cosmos, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.